1: Christmas welcome to the 45th, 46th and 47th President of the United States of America.
0: Rahim Kassam. Rahim, where is Rahim? What a good job you do. Thank you, Rahim. Great job.
1: Here I am, back in the driver's seat. Welcome to a very special War Room edition, a Boxing Day special, traditional, the way we used to do it. Gosh, for many, many years now from the old Breitbart News radio show right until the beginning of the war room, war room impeachment, war room pandemic, the Boxing Day special, I think, goes down in history. And I'm very, very appreciative for all of you joining us on what is a very special day, the day after Christmas Day Boxing Day, as we call it, in the country where I'm from, and we'll get into a little bit about that. I know a lot of you have learned over the last several years what Boxing Day means, what it means uh, to me especially, but we'll get into some of that and some more specifics around the Christmas period, especially uh, concerning uh, how much we're forgetting, actually, uh, in, the, in the miasma of all of the commercialization, all the sales, all the travel. Uh, I think we forget too easily sometimes some of the more traditional elements of the Christmas period. I hope you are all well fed and well rested. Um, I certainly know that over Christmas, uh, I tend to indulge just a little bit more than usual. So I hope we can hold your attention. I hope nobody's too sleepy from all the turkey. Uh, We've got a great show lined up for you uh, today. Uh, We've got some of the uh, special guests over the course of the program from my outlet, The National Pulse, and over the next two hours I'm going to try and say The National Pulse as many times as humanly possible. Um, But I'm appreciative also for all of you guys out there who already make The National Pulse your day-to-day reading diet and who have chosen to sign up to support uh, the real news operation that we are building there. I had to open with that clip of... President Donald J. Trump walking into the room at the New York Young Republicans, I think 111th annual gala. And what amazing, amazing work that organization does, Uh, not just, by the way, against the headwinds of living in an extremely far left, increasingly dilapidated city run into the ground uh, by the progressive left, run into the ground by the globalists, but also because the New York Young Republican Club isn't exactly popular amongst the political right uh, in New York, the the establishment political right in New York either. So even against all of that backdrop, they managed to pull off something that was really quite extraordinary. Downtown Wall Street, Cipriani, uh, the 45th, 46th and 47th president of the United States, as you heard me introduce him, to the room at the top of that uh, at the top of that segment there, um, and then just an entire night's worth of not just revelry but also policy and also networking and also pulling together I think the apparatus that really needs to be pulled together if, if you are serious about taking back some of the parts of your country that you may have thought originally ah we'll just let them go they 're not worth it they don 't want to be saved. You can say that very, very easily about some of the some of the nicest parts of this country, some of the most culturally impactful parts of this country. But if the NYYRC and especially given Donald Trump's presence there, uh, if he believes uh, that somewhere like that can be saved, then I think it's uh, it's worth putting our shoulder to the wheel on all of those things. Ten points is the difference between Donald Trump and Joe Biden in New York state and I don't think that's anything to sneeze at. I don't think any of the previous Republican candidates would have even got anywhere close. I don't think anybody else who proclaims candidacy in this primary and stands up there claiming that they can be better than Trump somehow would come that close in somewhere like New York. No, I think it is the sheer force of will that is Donald Trump and the Mugger movement uh, that is creating a much more stable environment for people to come out as conservatives and come out as America first types and say, even in New York City, even in New York State, even in, in, on the left coast, we have had enough of it. I believe that some people say a skin full of it, right? And that's what you'll see. It. That's what you saw uh, as, as uh, almost as iconic, I think, as the, as the escalator ride was the walk into Cipriani that night to say, no, you know, you may be persecuting me in this city, but I will still turn up with my entourage and we'll have a thousand people in that room cheering on President Donald J. Trump. And I have to tell you this as well, a pitiful and paltry uh, presence from any protesters outside Cipriani, that night of the gala, because I think a couple of things, right? Number one, you have to take into account the logistics. It was a freezing cold night, and we know the the lazy types don't want to stand out there in the freezing cold shouting at people like me. A couple of them did, but it wasn't the throngs and throngs. And I think the reason behind that is so many New Yorkers, I've been spending a lot of time there over this past year, so many New Yorkers quietly, whether you're sitting next to them at the bar, whether you're talking to them in the the metro or talking to the cab drivers or, or what have you, say to each other, you know, the country was kind of better with Trump. <gasps> you know, they whisper these things to each other in, in, in hushed tones. And I've seen it happen a number of times. I mean, the number of people that come up to me and go, I, I, I know what you do. I, I work at You know, I won't out these people. But, you know, big hedge fund types or big media types, corporate media types. And they say, yeah, you know what? I think you guys might be right about this. And um, I think that is something that we are increasingly experiencing. I'm sure you all have your own stories about that, where maybe your neighbors, maybe family, maybe friends, they might even be a little bit embarrassed about it, right? Because the, the political class and the media class has told them for years now that it's an embarrassing thing. You must be uh, a low IQ rube if you believe in Donald Trump or you believe in America first. But increasingly, I find that people are willing to be more honest about not just what this country looked like under Donald J. Trump, but actually what the world looked like. Uh, under Donald J. Trump. And, and you know, uh, something that's really struck me over the last, I'm just sort of doing this off the top of my head now, but something that's really struck me over the last six months, eight months, is a lot of the abuse that we've taken, especially from GOP primary candidates and their fans on the internet. Know, they said, oh, of course, you know, you, you just you're sick of fans. You can't say that anything is wrong. You can't point out when anything hasn't worked. Right. I, th- that is fundamentally incorrect from this very table and from this very studio, especially the viewers of this who are long term, long time viewers of this show. will know when something ain't right, we are the first people, the National Pulse, the War Room and others, the first people to call it out. But what we're not going to do is delude ourselves into believing that there is another superstar, another megastar that can propel the America First movement in any way, shape or form close to what Donald Trump has done. And I think it takes actually humility to recognize that because people and I won't name any names, but they know who they are. People are very quick to say, I could do that better. I would have written it differently this way. I would have walked out to this different music. I would have spent 30 seconds more shaking hands. I would have spent two days more in Iowa. I wouldn't have flown here or there for that day. I wouldn't have had necessarily Raheem Kassam go and interview the former president of the United States and the future president of the United States. Everybody is a critic. But I think, again, if you look at the team that he has around him and you look at uh, a lot of the machinations that they have to deal with on a day-to-day basis – court cases, showing up for rallies, caucus events, speeches, all of this stuff. I am genuinely of the belief that the well-oiled machine is precisely that, and it is precisely where it needs to be. And I think Donald Trump, by the way, has shown that across a number of uh, instances over the last few months, especially when it has come to the life issue, especially when it has come to talking about abortion increasingly, what all the data is showing us and what all the election results are showing us is that, yes, Americans are in favor of life, but they are also in favor of that being talked about in a certain way. They are fair-minded people. They understand people go through things in their lives. And while the ultimate goal, of course, is that no child is ever murdered, Americans understand that because you've come here from a 50-year-long process – that, the, that, that Dobbs ain't going to be the be-all and end-all of it. You actually have to have these conversations at a state level, and you have to have these conversations at a dinner table level. They're moral conversations. They're conversations about your, that your family care about. They're conversations that communities care about. And I think Donald Trump understands that, as, as I, I don't think anybody can object to. The single most pro-life uh, politician in action in generations. And that's why I opened... With that clip of me, I was very lucky and a great thank you to the New York Young Republicans and Gavin Wax and the whole team there to let me you know, be the voice of God, as they say in, 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 in media circles, to introduce uh, President Trump to the room at Cipriani that day. And it was also a great honor to be called out by President Trump from that stage. But, and, and, and as if that wasn't enough, you know, to say that made my year, obviously did. But there was another moment. Uh, that I think th- that really defined this year uh, for me and for a lot of us, I think, who have who have battled the same battles now for years and years and years, and that was being given the opportunity to interview him and to speak to him one-on-one and really try to get to the bottom of not just where we're going politically over the next year, but really try to get more in the head of President Donald J. Trump. And I want to just roll, if we can, the trailer from the National Pulse interview uh, with President Donald J. Trump that aired uh, just a few months ago. Let's roll it. Mm Mr. President, thank you so much for joining us here on the National Polls. Thank you. Let me ask you about Mike Pence. He's being a bit of a dick about you at the moment. De Sanctimonious, when you first used it, a lot of people kind of didn't get it. You already love
0: it now. People don't care whether or not he was loyal to you. I said, I think it does matter. Now, I think most of the media is quite hostile towards you. They're globalists. Who knows why? They put everything against De Sanctimonious, and he's, no, he's not a talented person. Our country's going down, and if we don't win this election... If this election's not won by us, I don't think our country makes it. Who do you miss the most? My other brother, Robert. I was very close to Passed away two years ago. He was so proud
1: of the fact that I became president. Do you look in the mirror and see, you know, the most famous man in the world, or have you just always been the same guy? I'm not. The most famous person in the world is... Well, I am sure that some of you can guess what the answer to that last question was, but it was a real tree is not the right word. It was a real honor uh, to be sat in that room at Mar-a-Lago and to talk to that man about not just, again, what's going on in politics, but what's been going on in his life, you know, who he misses, the, the, the people who are passed on the things that kind of impact him. And and, and I got the chance also not just to do that, but also to ride on on Trump Force One on the plane with him a couple of weeks prior to that interview uh, and really talk you know in an off the record sense about who he is and what he's thinking about, what his day to day routine is like. And we'll talk about all of that uh, over the course of the next uh, couple of hours here on this um, War Room Boxing Day special. Uh, in the next segment, I'm going to bring on one of our excellent writers over at thenationalpulse.com. That's Jack Montgomery. And we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, why is it called Boxing Day? And what does Boxing Day mean for us? What should Boxing Day mean for you? Uh, there are lots of parts of the Christmas period that are, I think, left a little bit by the wayside. And we're going to try and try re inculcate those things into popular consciousness here. So make sure that you're going to the nationalpulse.com forward slash war and you're signing up. We do wonderful pieces of analysis written by great writers like that all the time. Uh, stick with us. Jack Montgomery joins us
0: right after this break. As we head toward a presidential election in November, one thing you can be sure of, 2024 will be a tumultuous year like no other. How will your hard-earned savings fare during this year? You're already seeing the impacts of inflation at the pump, the grocery store. The dollar continues to lose buying power quicker than your wages can increase. How are you protecting your savings? Consider diversifying with gold from Birch Gold Group. For decades, gold has been the choice of investors and central banks to hedge against inflation. Now you can own it in a tax-sheltered IRA with the help of Birch Gold. Just text Bannon, B A N N O N, to 989898. Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on gold. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. And the best part, you don't have to pay a penny out of pocket. With an A rating, with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of satisfied customers, you can trust Birch Gold. Text Bannon to 989890 to claim your free info kit. That's Bannon to 989898 and secure your savings now. Take action. Text Bannon at 989898. Action. Action.
1: Action. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to the War Room for this Boxing Day special hosted by yours truly, Raheem Kassam, editor-in-chief of the NationalPulse.com. I cannot... Recommend to you enough, of course, I, I would say this uh, that you go to the nationalpulse.com forward slash war room, sign up. It's going to be just an extraordinary year, an extraordinary year for news, for information, for analysis, for all those sorts of things. And, and I'll say this as a matter of a pitch to you, the audience out there. I understand the economy is not in, in the certain situation whereby you feel it's supremely easy necessarily to part with $9 a month. But I will say this, uh, we have no corporate sponsorships. We take no advertising money. We take no money from billionaires or anybody that seeks to uh, invest in us so that they can change our perspective, so that we can change the way we do the news. We are 100%, 100% people funded, people like you. We are doing this from the ground up. It is almost a, a democratizing the news strategy here. But it, but it really does rely on people finding that ability to support us. And, and I'll be totally honest with you. Otherwise, it just won't exist. Because I won't compromise on that principle. I would rather it not exist than to be in hock or beholden to somebody else or some other interest. So, So that's one of our, I think, one of our greatest assets, is that we do not answer to anybody, right? My next guest will tell you that the only person answerable to within the organization is yours truly is sitting right in front of you. I act as the editor-in-chief. I am the clearinghouse for the information. I take the blame, right, ultimately, if things go wrong. Luckily, we could say that things haven't go wrong, gone wrong. But, hey, you know, it's the news. It's the publishing world. Every so often there's a typographical error or something. I will take ultimate responsibility for that. But What I need you guys to do out there, ladies and gentlemen, is take responsibility for keeping a, a critical part of an America-first news media infrastructure, not just alive, but growing too. And as I say, com forward slash war room is the place to go and sign up. And And you know what? I am so convinced that if you sign up and all the extras that you get for signing up, that you will like it so much that we give you your first month for free, just so you can go in there, try it out, see if you like it, see if you enjoy supporting our work. Every time that somebody comes in as a new member, somebody comes in as, as, as a supporter of ours, I say to them this, say, no, you're not just buying yourself access to the, to the extras, right? The, the editor's notes, uh, the private comment section, the Discord chat channel that we have for members, the events that we're going to start throwing over the course of 2024 all across the country, the meetups, things like that. You're not just buying that for nine bucks, by the way, very cheap, for nine bucks, by the way. You're also helping that news and that framing of the news reach thousands upon thousands of more people every single month, right? Just think about it like that. And I think it makes perfect logistical, and frankly, it makes perfect moral sense to be a part of something where you feel like your support of it is helping to educate others. It's thenationalpulse.com forward slash And I thank you for your consideration on that. Let's bring in our uh, first guest of this Boxing Day special now. Jack Montgomery is an old friend of mine. He's a writer of ours at The National Pulse. He was with us in New York for that uh, Young Republicans Gala. It was his first trip, I believe, to the East Coast of the United States of America. Jack, thank you for joining us on the show today. It's a real pleasure
2: to be here, Raheem. And it was a pleasure to be on the East Coast with you for the gala as well.
1: Yeah, well, I just wanted to ask your your impressions of that because obviously it's different where we're from. It's different in Europe. Um, it's certainly a, a, a way away from from European politics and the small scale nature. I think that you and I have both lived um, in Westminster and and in, and in con- you know conservative party politics in the United Kingdom. Just give the audience uh, your impressions. You were front row in front of the as I say forty fifth, forty sixth, and forty seventh president of the United States. Any takeaways?
2: Well, in the United Kingdom, top level politics, national conferences attended by the Prime Minister and all his ministers, are really comparatively small scale affairs. You know, it's Bournemouth Con- uh, Conference Hall, it's, vi- it's little village hall meetings. This was a massive event, and it was put together by Gavin Wax and an all volunteer team at the New York Young Republican Club. It was really an amazing achievement. And the impression, my strong impression of Trump himself when I was there was uh, just how much he has left in the tank. You know, you see some comments from some quarters that maybe he's not who he was in 2016, maybe he's lost a step. He went for two hours, he was feeding off the energy of the crowd, the crowd was feeding off him. I can tell you, as we closed in at 11 p.m., I was starting a flag, you know, I was feeling a little tired. And he looked like he could have (laughs) kept going all night, all night. So there's, uh, I'm afraid, there's uh, going to be no respite, either from his GOP, either for his GOP rivals or for the Democrats in uh, the coming year. It's, uh, it's all still there, and he's rearing a goal.
1: Yeah, it's such a great point, Jack, because I think you know so many, so many of these weird and unfair allegations get levelled at him. You know, the, the guy is pushing 80, and, and like you said, just to underscore that, I think I would join you in saying that he clearly stepped off that stage with probably more energy than you and I put together at that point in the evening right and and that is just something extraordinary uh, to behold and ladies and gentlemen you do not have to take our words for it i always say that right don't take our words for it go and look at it for yourselves if you haven't seen that speech from that night yet it's available on on the internet you can go and find it uh, go and watch every single second of it you know like like natalie winters I am, a, I am a two times, two and a half times speed uh, viewer and listener of most things. Uh, if you go and watch that, you will want to slow it down. Just A, so you can keep up, quite frankly, because he's jumping around from topic to topic. He's so good at that, obviously. Uh, but also to internalize the things that he's saying, because he got into a lot of topics on that night, Jack, That that I think... He doesn't usually get into when he's standing on a stage in Iowa or when he's doing a rally speech or anything like that. And I think that was I think that was a real, real honor and a real treat for all of us there. It's kind of you, you got to see a little bit more than just politician Donald Trump's you know, doing a stump speech. You really got to see him enjoying himself up there. Right.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. It almost felt as though it was um, he wasn't quite expecting it to be what it was. You know, um, I think the line was that it turned out to be a black tie rally. I think he'd perhaps been expecting a smaller scale affair and a smaller scale speech. But as he got up there and he saw how big it was and how enthusiastic people were, it really, I think it fueled him up, energized him. And uh, so much of the speech was uh, completely off script. A lot of it directed to uh, Steve, you know, uh, shall we go off script a bit here, Steve? Shall I tell the story, Steve? It was, uh, <laughs> it was incredible, really funny, uh, a real, just such a strong rapport with the entire crowd, with the room.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was such an excellent moment, Jack. I, I I really appreciate your thoughts on that. And I you know I always find it interesting to bring in people who who are not from the United States, like myself, um, who who are subject to uh, these grand occasions in American politics. I still remember being in the room at the uh, at the RNC convention in 2016 and watching the you know watching the ticker tape fall from the sky, and it almost just felt completely and utterly surreal. It felt like being in a movie. And and I just like to bring the audience into those moments because they are such historic occasions. And there's, I mean, I think that between between Tucker Carlson's speech at the American Principles Project gala two nights before the young Republican one, and then listening to Donald Trump, I think I probably had uh, you know, and I'm I'm 37 now, so sometimes I sometimes I forget and I think, oh, you know, all my formative years are in the past. I think I had one of the most formative political intellectual weeks of my life as a result of those moments and and credit to those people those organizations and those those men up there giving those speeches um, who could make that happen jack i wanted to bring you on to talk about the importance of uh the traditional christmas period and the traditional things that often get uh left by the wayside nowadays when we when we when we celebrate christmas you know and and i think we try our best to, to give it the, the due reverence in, uh, for 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 Christmas's position, uh, not just as a time away from work, all right, and not even just as a time uh, with your family and friends, but as, as as explicitly as a religious time, explicitly as one of the most uh, uh, you know the, the, the most important uh, religious periods that that you can have, and 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 we forget it so easily. So you have this analysis up at the nationalpulse.com in our analysis section. We only publish uh, the best things. Jack, just before we go to a break, give us give us like a minute and a half of a preview, and then when we come back from the break, we'll get into it in detail.
2: Well, one of the things a lot of people forget when it comes to Christmas is that there's more to Christmas than just Christmas Day. You know, a lot of us will be familiar with the nursery rhyme, you know, on the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me, and it goes all the way out to 12. But Now, even among conservatives, a lot of us don't quite recall what those 12 days are. Perhaps we think it's the 12 days leading up to Christmas, uh, but that's not really the case. Christmas Day is really the start. It's the start of Christmastide. And that includes a whole range of different feast days and traditional holidays leading up to Epiphany, uh, sometimes known as Little Christmas or Three Kings Day, which is still observed in some parts of Europe. Although even there, to a much lesser extent than perhaps it was in the past. And I think, you know, for conservatives who are so keen that people remember the reason for the season and that we remember our customs and our traditions and traditional Western culture, that we take the time to sort of school ourselves in what that involves, what that entails, and try maybe to, if not hold on to, then maybe revive some of the traditions that are fading away a little.
1: Yeah, I think that's right, Jack, and I think it's such an important thing. When When you when you first pitched that to me as, a, as, a, as the idea for an analysis um, on the site, you know, I, I think, me, at least mentally, Jack knows, by the way, and we'll ask him in the next segment what it's like to work for me as well, but Jack knows that sometimes my response can be a bit, a bit muted, but uh, at least internally I jumped at the idea of that because I just think uh, I find the flaws in myself in that regard. And, and, and like you say, we, 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 we have Christmas Day, and we, we work ourselves up to Christmas Day, but, uh, but so much of the season otherwise is, is left for other things. And we're going to bring those things back. We're going to make Christmas great again right here on the War Room Boxing Day Special. We'll return with Jack Montgomery, Raheem Kassam, and more of this Boxing Day Special in just
2: a War Room. Here's
1: your host, Stephen K. Vance. Welcome back to this uh war and boxing day special broadcasting from Capitol Hill, your nation's capital. Where I am, I actually recently toured around uh, an old friend of mine, an old Scottish friend of mine from uh, from back in European politics days. Gosh, that feels like such a long time ago. Jack, your, um, your impressions of your time in New York and your time in Washington, D.C., a lot of this audience will know them as, as absolute hellholes. A lot of this audience wouldn't set foot um, in the Capitol uh, uh, anymore, quite frankly, especially not, uh, not after the, the occupation of the Capitol after the last election. But, but tell us uh, just very briefly before we jump back into uh, the Christmas period, your, uh, your perspective on it all.
2: Well, of course,
1: I've got strong
2: family ties in America and I spent some time there growing up fairly regularly, but always on the West Coast, never on the East Coast, and never in a great city like uh, like New York or Washington. Now, of course, they do have that hellhole reputation now, but for me coming there as an outsider and um, looking past maybe some of the, the rough edges, what was really striking was the sort of vision of um, American greatness, you know, really what was still there you know, even up on a new building like the uh, Freedom Tower. You know, we went up there together. We had a look down on uh, New York. You know, you could see old New York, the Chrysler Building, the Empire State, the incredible Memorial at Ground Zero. And there was so much energy, so much life still in that city. And in D.C. as well, you know, the beautiful neoclassical government buildings, the uh, the great shrine to Lincoln, the beautiful painted sort of rotunda inside the Capitol building and it shows you know it really shows you there's so much here in america there in america the flagship of a uh, democracy of the west that's worth saving and worth preserving and it's just so important that really everyone whether you're in britain or europe or if you're a western man anyone who believes in the west you need to want america to succeed you need to, if you can to help to fight for it because we need it we really do need it you know and it's uh, it would be a terrible loss to civilization, uh, if yeah. it, if it faded away, as sadly it's maybe been fading uh, in recent years.
1: Yeah, it's such a great point, and and you know a lot of people ask me, what are you doing here, right? What what is your involvement in 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 America in American politics? And I, I usually give the same answer. Look, you know, I grew up in a in a declining United Kingdom. We watched it happen at the same time, Jack. We watched our our communities. Uh, disappear away from us we watched our politics being wrestled away from us by by globalist corporates and and you know i i i almost feel <laughs> i always feel a little sense of the paul revere about it right running through raheem running through america saying the corporates are coming the corporates are coming and i think so much has been done, I think, to, to, to wake people up to a lot of what's been going on over the last several decades, in compact into the last few years. Uh, but there's a long way to go. And you talk about the architecture, you talk about the imagery, and there's a reason that they try and capture these institutions, right? There's a reason they lock down the Capitol. With all of the, the beauty inside and statutory hall and all of this stuff, there's a reason they want to build up uh, you know, ghastly new museums around the Washington Monument to, 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 to block its uh, view. All of this is a, an attack. It's a cultural attack. It's an attack on the morale of the nation. Um, everybody who is dissuaded from going to places like um, New York City and everybody who is dissuaded from going to Washington, D.C. And, and lobbying your representatives in person, right? I think they are being dissuaded away from being active participants in, in what should be, what should be. Uh, some of the greatest monuments to to American prowess, right to the to the heavy lift that people have done over several decades and centuries now uh, to build this nation up and to make it to make it the, the the powerhouse that it is. And the powerhouse externally sure, but the powerhouse internally more important. And it's the innards that are rotting the worst. It's the innards that are that are that are subject to the greatest assailment by uh, the alphabet agencies, by the you know the political class, by uh, frankly, even people who have, who have tried to make a name for themselves over here, and you look, I think of, I think of the Piers Morgans and the Mehdi Hassans and, and all of these people who come to America and try and tear it down from the inside out. Um, and I'm here to tell this audience that, I don't know, if I speak for you, Jack, I'll try, uh, but certainly for myself, we are the people who are on the opposite side of that and trying to, trying to come in from somewhere else and say, hey, you have something, you had something, magnificent and great and we loved it and we love it and we want to be a part of it but you have to preserve it you have to protect it and all of this goes hand in hand with the subject matter at hand here jack which is which is christmas time right let's talk about boxing day for a minute because it's boxing day uh, that phrase is not often used by americans although this audience has become a little bit more aware since we've been doing these these boxing day specials uh, of what it means to me jack i've always i've always represented boxing day as, as kind of the giving day right the, the generosity day the charity day the day that some of us who have more than others uh, it's time for us to recognize that it's time for us to spend that day uh, putting things together working out what our what our charitable endeavors for the year will be uh, and and i've certainly made an effort to do that over the last uh, over the last couple of years especially with work with more charities the run that i do each year with tunnel to towers this year we raised i think near on $35,000 uh, to help to help veterans and their families and nine eleven survivors families as well. But tell us a little about the origins of Boxing Day and the rest of the Christmas period.
2: Well, you're exactly right about it being the Giving Day. The exact origins of the term Boxing Day are a little obscure. There the two main theories: are that it either comes from the ames boxes, the poor boxes that used to be kept in the churches that the uh, would people would donate to would be collections. And then they'd be distributed on Boxing Day or thereabouts to kind of people who were less well off, people who were in need. You know, one of the real key central tenets of uh, Christianity and the Christian faith. The other theory is that it came from the Christmas boxes, the gift boxes, that people who worked in domestic service uh, back in the day, you know, when there were lords and ladies and uh, people of uh, great estates to work for. They, uh, you know, they would have to work for those families on Christmas Day, and they would be allowed to return to their own families the following day on Boxing Day. And with them, they would take a box which would have some gifts from the master's family, maybe some uh, some food and some other uh, goodies. You know, so it was an idea. Although it's a little bit of an elite idea, it was an idea certainly of giving back, of remembering that Christmas is not really a time just for taking, which is maybe some, which is sadly has uh, perhaps been lost a bit for uh, Boxing Day in particular. Boxing Day in Britain is a, so- is a bit like Black Friday. It's strongly associated with sales. You know, The family time is over, uh, the Christmas time is over. Now you're meant to be back in the shops, back in the stores, trying to snatch up what you can for yourself, maybe for your own immediate family, but uh, you're not thinking about giving alms and giving unto others. Which is a great shame, you know. So you sort but of, of
1: course, sort of, so, 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 sort of like Jack, the the idea that you might let one of your staff, you know, have one of your shirts is it, is it sort of like that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what you could be referring to, Rahim. I'm not quite, <laughs> but it would certainly be a generous. Jack, act is, Jack is wearing.
1: Act. Jack is currently wearing from the Rahim Kasam collection. We'll just put it that way. <laughs>
2: Now, there's perhaps some context. uh, Tell us us more about the other
1: days. (laughs) Tell us more about the other days of uh, the Christmas period and why you think we should pay attention to them.
2: Absolutely. To finish on Boxing Day, of course, it's not only Boxing Day; it is uh, also Saint Stephen's Day. So, it commemorates Saint Stephen, Mm. who was the first martyr, the first uh, Christian to be killed for his faith in the Book of Acts, stoned to death for uh, really for refusing to renounce his faith for standing against the religious authorities of his day. And that was uh, marked on the 26th, you know, conterminous with Boxing Day. There's certain other traditions that go with it in Finland. It's been traditional to drive uh, through the streets on horse-drawn, as opposed to reindeer-drawn sleighs. Uh, but of course, then you come right away into December the 27th, and that is the feast of St. John the Evangelist. You know, uh, the disciple Jesus loved, John the Apostle, by tradition, author of both the Gospel of John, or certainly its source, and the Book of Revelation. You know, a real key, the longest lived apostle and a real key figure in early Christianity, uh, the living link between the disciples themselves and the early church fathers, people like St. Polycarp, come after that to the Feast of the Holy Innocents. Now, uh, if anyone here has been to Paris to see Notre Dame before the terrible fire, there was a great centerpiece there used to be in that church. Sadly now, burnt to ashes, depicting the massacre of the innocents. That is the uh, the poor little children, all the boys aged under two years old, who were put to death by King Herod, when the Magi, the wise men, the three kings, came uh, uh, to speak to him of the uh, the newborn king and wanting to come and find him. There's uh, and you know and there's many days like this in the period reading uh, in the. Christmas tide period the 12 days of christmas leading up to 12th night and 12th night for a long time was uh, if christmas day was a period a time for children and what have you 12th night was uh, an adult oriented holiday you know it was all about feasting drinking uh, in england it was traditional for a long time to name a lord of misrule to uh, preside over the the sort of unruly events of the day And for a period, the Dutch, the church in uh, the Netherlands actually banned it because it all got a little bit out of hand. But, uh, you know, that was something that was really an alternative to, I suppose, today's New Year's Eve or what we call Hogmanay in uh, in Scotland. And then on the 1st of January, you know, the first day of the New Year, that was dedicated to uh, Mary, to the Blessed Virgin. That was the solemnity of uh, Mary celebrating Mm. her motherhood, the motherhood of uh, of Christ, of Jesus. And there's many other sort of uh, less noticeable, less notable little customs and traditions and days mm. for commemoration and memorialization, all scattered through those 12 days, which are, uh, you know, there's there so many of them are much forgotten today. You know, the Christmas period is defined by mm. really, you know, the Advent period, sales, Christmas Day, and then the yeah. after Christmas sales. And that's not what it was supposed to be. Right. You know, it was really meant to be a long pause, a long 12-day pause leading into Epiphany. You know, uh, what I already mentioned to you uh, Three Kings Day, Little yeah. Christmas, which was another day for gift-giving, commemorating the Magi coming and giving their gifts to uh, the baby Jesus, uh, a really important day in the Christian calendar because it was the first manifestation of the incarnation, you know, the God-made man to the Gentiles, you know, uh, Gaspard, Melchior, and Balthazar—the Magi—were uh, were not Jews; they were Gentiles, like uh, like ourselves, um, come to see the newborn King, to see Jesus. And you know, there was all so many traditions associated with that, Amazing. the baking of an Epiphany cake. So much there's so much to uh, yeah. to delve into, and I hope that we'll be able to cover it for our readers at the National Pulse in the coming days.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Jack. I mean, that's one of the things that I wanted to make mention of before we before we let you go. Here is 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 let people know where they can find you on social media, uh, because Jack's going to be pumping out a bunch of this content that I think is is extremely important. Um, and you're going to want to not just share it with us, but print it out and share it with your family in person. Jack, tell tell the audience where they can find more from you. You
2: can find me at um, uh, at Jack B Montgomery on uh, X. Or uh, Twitter, as it once was. Yep,
1: yeah, yep. Yeah. Jack and the nationalpulse.com, all of his work will be up there in the analysis section. You've got to go and check it out and find out more about all of these things. I know I am aware that a lot of the audience uh, will have some, some view into this, but I think for a lot of people, it's too easily forgotten. Jack Montgomery, thank you so much for joining us here on this Warham Boxing Day special.
2: A great pleasure. A Merry Christmas Tide to everyone for the next uh, 11 days.
1: There you go. Jack Montgomery there. You can see why here at the National Pulse, we uh, we try and make sure that our our writers are much more than that. They are people who have really lots, lots, lots more to give. And that is just one of the things we'll
0: be right back for War Room veterans. You know, we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jase Medical and get your Jase case today. Action, action, action. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon.
1: Well, you're back in the War Room for this Boxing Day special. I'm Raheem Kassam, Editor-in-Chief of TheNationalPulse.com. Make sure you are going to TheNationalPulse.com forward slash War Room. You sign up, support Real News, support our staff, our writing staff there. You saw Jack Montgomery talking us through uh, the Christmas Christmas tide and the Christmas period and the importance of all the different occasions you find therein or you should find therein but unfortunately aren't currently eclipsed. Uh, in a lot of quarters of not just America, but the wider Western, Western world by the commercialization of it, the, um, honestly, the, the, the degradation of it in so many, in so many senses. And you've seen that, I'm sure you've seen that and lamented this taking place over the last several weeks where you've seen, you know, satanic Baphomet heads being erected in state capitals and, and, and so on and so forth. It is always under assault. Your, 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 your spirit is always under assault. Christianity is under assault. Um, the, the the foundations of what created this nation, constantly under assault. You will not get to a time, I'm sorry to tell you this, I'm sure Stephen K. Bannon tells you this all the time too, but you will probably not see a time where any of that goes away. No, you will likely live through a time where it gets worse and worse. We are seeing that ratcheting up every single day, but in amongst all of it, right, the reason that I am so passionate about this this stuff, and especially over the last few years, you know, throwing my... My shoulders to the wheel on so much of this stuff is is you start to realize, and I don't want this to sound like a lecture, if anything, it's a lecture at myself, you're just here for it, but you start to realize that in addition to pushing back against the evil, which we do on a day-to-day basis, in addition to shining a spotlight on it, in addition to trying to, to disinfect the corruption that takes place just yards away from where I sit right here and is writ large you know, all over the Western world. In addition to the fight back, you also have to give back. The charitable endeavors, the the generosity of spirit, all of these things are are not just imperative, but they are a duty. Over the last couple of years, I've been um, honored to take part in the Tunnel to Towers 5K run. It's not a lot for all of you who are avid uh, fitness freaks and runners out there, but it was certainly a lot for me when I first did it three years ago. And I think I was about fifty pounds heavier um, was probably smoking about a pack a day uh, would probably sink about three or four martinis followed by three or four pints a night and then one day I woke up and said, "You know what i'm going to run this 5k <laughs> You can imagine uh, what that ended up looking like the first year i think um I think I probably ended up with a with a fifty five minute Uh, Finish time. Now, I'm only a small guy, by the way. I'm only about five, seven and a half. And so, you know, the strides aren't that long, but we have significantly improved on the runtime over those couple of years. We've significantly improved on the health uh, over those couple of years as well. And, And I like to think we've significantly improved other people's lives along the way as well. Last year was the first year that I actively raised money. While being part of the run, and we raised twenty-five thousand dollars last year. Uh, this year, we raised thirty-five thousand dollars for Tunnel to Towers, and that's money that's going to help uh, uh, the survivors of nine eleven and their families. It's money that goes to help uh, veterans, especially those who are uh, physically impaired, those who have, who have you know lost uh, limbs, those the, for those who can't actually get around and about anymore and hold down you know a day-to-day job like like those of us who are who are blessed with with you know everything that that god gave us from birth and and it's that that sort of tragedy uh that you see and the sacrifice that you see that kind of spurs me on especially this boxing day uh to make sure that more and more people are taking part in that and there's an open offer by the way for anybody that wants to come and run the tunnel to towers 5k with me next year you are more than welcome they do it every year Thousands upon thousands of people, uh, uh, and I want to make sure that we're playing the, some of the video as well that I took from the run myself um, that you can see uh, on, the, uh, on the broadcast here. Because, because it's not just raising the money either, and it's not just the, um, the people that you're going to help. It's, the, it's how iconic that run is. It's how moving... That run is, and for those of you who are unaware of the the history of that organization, Tunnel to Towers, named, you know, and, and really founded for a man who, on 9/11, put all of his gear on and ran into the tunnel towards the towers as they were collapsing, to try and help people there. You know, every time I start that race, and you go through that tunnel, you run through that tunnel. Uh, and you emerge out and you, you, you see the Freedom Tower now right in front of you. And the road is flanked with policemen and firefighters and servicemen of all kinds uh, holding up pictures, uh, hundreds and hundreds of their of their colleagues who, who gave the ultimate sacrifice, right, who perished on that day in the days um, hence to try and save other people. Um, and, and they just do an, an, an amazing job at Tunnel to Towers so I wanted to make sure that for those of you uh, who are feeling generous today uh, who have the ability uh, that you go to uh, the Tunnel to Towers website I make sure that I give every month uh, in addition to raising them the money every year and this year I was also lucky enough to be invited to one of their one of their pre run we 'll have to have a word about this, but their pre run gala dinners, which I think is the best time to load up on food is the night before the run, or maybe it is but uh, but I certainly struggle the next day as a result of it um, it's just it 's just an amazing thing uh, to take part in it 's an amazing thing to to feel. And they do these all over the country, by the way, they do them all around the country. So if you can't descend on 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 Manhattan, on downtown Manhattan for the next one next year, they try and find one uh, in your state, in your local community and be a part of that, too. And I, I also got the New York Young Republican Club involved in this. So you've got a lot of them now who run in this in, in this 5K. And I'm delighted to say that this year, by the way, you see from the video that we, we're playing um, This year was the first year I think in many that it rained and I don't mean it was drizzling, it was pouring down with rain but then you get into the tunnel itself and the tunnel's dry uh, but it's boiling hot as a result because as you can see (laughs) I'm just sweating going into that tunnel and then you emerge out the other side and it's raining again so you go from freezing cold in the rain boiling hot in the tunnel Uh, With all the other runners around you and then back into the rain again. So I had hoped I had hoped I said 30 I said over 30 K that I wanted to raise um, And under 30 minutes in time, unfortunately Because of the rain I'm blaming the rain uh, It was it was under it was over 30 minutes in time, but it was over 30 K raised. So uh, so we got half of that done. We'll do it better again uh, next year. We'll get that run time down a couple of weeks later, by the way, I did another near a 5K just by myself, and I was down to under 30 minutes on that. It's a long way from the 55 minute first year. Stick around, stay tuned. We're we'll bringing on another of our writers in just a moment. Will Upton joins us from the National Pulse for this Boxing
0: Day. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize.